Hi, Elwood City Limits listeners. Uh, Just a couple of notes here before we begin this special presentation. First of all, um, if you're not aware, we do have our summer schedule out for the month of August going into September. Essentially, what that means is we're not going to have a mainline Elwood City Limits episode for a few more weeks. And I wanted to make sure that you know, yes, we are aware of the recent news of Arthur's cancellation. And it's also not really a cancellation. It's just that they're stopping production of episodes, but Arthur's still going to air on PBS. If you haven't heard about it and you're hearing about it here first, I recommend that you look up uh, IGN, did a piece about it about a week ago, and you can just basically type in Arthur cancellation on Google, and that should have all the information. We will be talking about it on the next mainline ECL episode, but that won't be for a little bit. So uh, if you have any emails or correspondence to send about that, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com or talk to us on our socials. Second of all, uh, in lighter news, uh, we are eligible to be nominated once again for the Coast Best of Halifax Awards. If you visit the coast.ca and go to their Best of Halifax section, you can nominate Elwood City Limits as best podcast in Halifax. This is something that means a lot to us. Lucas and I both really enjoy The Coast as a publication, and we would love to uh, win the Best Podcast Award. So you can nominate us. You will have to register if you do nominate us. And then after the nomination period will be a voting period. And we will get into that when we get there. So your nomination is very much appreciated. Again, go to the coast.ca, go to the Best of Halifax section. You will have to register, but I would really appreciate it, and I know Lucas would too, if you took just a minute or two to nominate us for Best Podcast in the Best of Halifax Awards. So thank you if you have done that already, and thank you if you are even considering doing that. We really appreciate your time. Again, go to patreon.com slash Limits for the full schedule of the month of August going into September. Thank you, everybody, for corresponding with us. Uh, we will be talking to you again very soon, but we won't be getting to this really burning Arthur news for a little while yet, but we will be talking about it. We will have a bit of uh, time between the uh, announcement and uh, the fallout of how people are reacting to it. So we'll be able to kind of uh, encapsulate it uh, a little bit more fully, which I'm looking forward to doing. All right. Thank you very much for your time. And here is your episode for this week. On the mark, get set. We're riding on the internet. Cyberspace set free. Hello, virtual reality. Interactive appetite. Searching for a website, a window to the world. Got to get online. Take a spin now. You're in with the techno set. You're going surfing on the internet. Well, this this is this is a rare honor. Uh, this is uh, this is a little bit of Elwood City Limits origins here. Um, hi, it's Will, and this is another ECL presents where we have the opportunity to talk with someone who, well, with without whom I don't know if this podcast would even exist. This is a person who, uh, in the very in the much more early days of Arthur, um created a website that ended up being a uh, a beacon for yours truly and for a lot of other people I'm sure in terms of talking about Arthur online and today we're going to talk with him about what it was like to be online at that time his history with Arthur and uh everything in between I'm very very happy to welcome uh Dave Patman aka Sweaty Horse 78 the uh creator of the website Elwood City Downtown Core to the show. Hi, Dave. 
Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. So I was really, really pleased that you you reached out to me. It was it was you know it's one of those things in life that you don't expect to ever to ever happen because every once in a while in doing this podcast I would kind of think back to the website Elwood City Downtown Core and I'd be like I wonder what happened to that guy I wonder what happened to that site I'd love to go to it one more time and then all of a sudden this Tumblr blog is uh, is putting up it starts to put up the old Elwood City Downtown Core fan art and some of the content that was on that site and lo and behold you you contacted me and it's a little bit like it, I I don't mean to uh, embarrass you or anything, but it it was a little bit like meeting a celebrity for me. I was like, oh my god, this is like this person was a very key part of something that I loved as a kid. So I wanted to be able to tell you that, if not face to face, then at least voice to voice. Well, thanks. That's great. Uh, yeah, like uh, I'm I'm with with I think I'm a. I'm a very small level celebrity, but that's nice to hear. <laughs> of course, and I and like I said before, the Elwood City Downtown Core, it, it, it was just a different time on the internet. Like we're t- we're talking, you know, some twenty years ago or something like that. So I really wanted to be able to give people a little bit of a an insight into what it was like. But first of all, Dave, I wanted to ask about your experience watching Arthur. So we know that Arthur was obviously it debuted in about 1996. So where, what was your fandom with Arthur? What kind of attached you to Arthur at that time? Yeah, well, that's kind of a funny story because obviously back around, like I'm, I'm 43 now. So back around 20 years ago, I was in my uh, like late teens getting into uh, like ending high school and getting into university. And one of my birthday presents, during that time period was a, a portable TV and there wasn't many channels you could get with a, a portable color TV in those days. And, uh, yeah, one of the channels I could get really well was uh, TV Ontario and Arthur was on TV Ontario. And so I just happened to tune in, watch a couple of them and sort of get hooked on it. And, uh, the more I watched it, the more I liked it because it was a, a show where the characters sort of uh, were realistic and, the different episodes were sort of linked together. You could see how stories would carry over from one episode to another in the background, and there'd be things cross-referenced. And it was it was a in, more interesting show than perhaps a lot of the uh, the other cartoons were on at the time. And I just really liked animation as well. Like uh, if I hadn't gone into engineering, I might have gone into animation because it was always an interest of mine in growing up and. Uh, where I lived, we had the Sheridan College where a lot of animators went in Canada. So uh, if I hadn't gone into what I did, I might have become an animator. And so just always like animation. And the show really registered with me. That's awesome. I, I, I think it's so cool because... For me and for my co-host Lucas, we were, you know, we were younger kids when we started, when Arthur premiered and we started watching it and we may have read the books beforehand. So it's really interesting to see that even as it began, albeit your your kind of way into it was a bit unique. Uh, it's been a while since I've heard uh, a portable TV. Um, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even think like, I, I remember they did that a couple of times on like the Word From Us Kids segment and I was like, you know, I was six years old time six or seven and i've been like a portable tv but that that can't be real tvs are huge so i'm really glad to hear that it kind of 
immediately reached across kind of age barriers as it did with you. So that leads me to the question of what made you decide to make the Elwood City Downtown Core website in the first place? So you you started watching Arthur. You really liked it. What kind of drove you to make the website? It's kind of funny. Kind of a, a couple of different things sort of uh, all sort of came together at once. Uh, I had a book. Like I, I bought a book and I had it, it was at the library, and I bought a copy of it. It was a book about uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and it was sort of a a sort of a funny guide to Star Trek: The Next Generation, with all the episodes listed in it, and sort of all the the technical glitches and snafus and flubs in each episode. Mm-hmm. And in watching Arthur and seeing the links between episodes, I thought, well, maybe I could do a Arthur version of that, and. Between that and having learned how to do web page making in high school, I got to, uh, like, this was like 96, 97, that sort of time period. Websites were still very new, and so not many people, like, they were a lot less common than they are now, but people were making their own websites, and I got to work on making the website for my high school. And so I knew how to do HTML and sort of the old way of coding and coding stuff in Notepad, and what you see is what you get. Sort of editors, I made a, a rudimentary website for my high school and sort of really liked making web pages. And it was easy to just get stuff online with company with, with websites like uh, GeoCities and Angel Fire, where I put mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just started getting stuff uploaded and uh, doing some scans of some, some doodles and art. And then people reaching out to me saying, Yeah, they love the episodes as well. and they would send in their comments, and I just uh, the website started growing and growing. So that was that was the big in for me at the time. I think I would have discovered the website probably around 1999, maybe 2000, when I was nine or ten years old, and I would have just been in the very early years of using the internet. For me, it was it was something that we didn't really have until I was um, you know a little bit further along in elementary school, and that was the thing that I really appreciated was the text episode reviews, which was a which was a big part of the big part of the site. I did like the fan art as well. Um, but the text episode reviews, it was just an entirely new way of looking at practically anything. Like, I had never read, to the best of my knowledge, of course, this is, you know, plumbing back 20 years or so, This is I had never read something like that before. I'd never seen, like, a critical take on something like Arthur. Right, well, whereas now, somebody might have just, like, thrown the websites up on uh, YouTube or something. You have to do stuff with text, and... I know people go, ugh, wanting to read like a big long essay about an author episode and then a bunch of comments on it and these very long text heavy web pages that might not appeal to people these days. But back then, it was really the only way to get something like that online. You couldn't upload a ton of video. It was hard enough just getting some images of, of taking photos of the TV set to get some images of some of the episodes up there. Yeah. And just uh, writing it and sort of maybe being trying to be a bit funny with the episode, not just writing like then this happened, then that happened, then this happened, but sort of commenting on it and editorializing a little bit like a, a movie review with sort of the uh, the tone. And some of them were, were long and, and really in-depth, and some of them were just very short if the episode wasn't uh, something I really liked. I didn't really spend a lot of time on some of them, but some of them became very in-depth. Yes, and I remember just as, as I kind of mentioned before, like it, it, it introduced me to a whole new way of thinking about Arthur. Like you, it was it wasn't 
that I was watching a TV show and it's just like, oh, I'm watching a cartoon, so it's good no matter what. It's like, no, a cartoon can have good episodes and it can have not so good episodes. It can have good characters. It can have bad characters. And it helped me to understand that there was a critical way of looking at even the even the silly, the seemingly silly cartoons that I was watching as a kid. What I, I'd really like to ask you, and, and you can get a bit more technical with this if you want to. So you kind of mentioned um, like GeoCities and Angel Fire, and that's really familiar to me because I, I mean, I tried, I was talking to this, uh, to my wife recently, I tried to make an Angel Fire page one time and uh, it did, I had no idea what I was doing. It didn't really work so well, but it was, um, uh, I wanted it to be called the Power Rangers Kiosk because that was what I was really interested in. Um, so I'd love to, I'd love for you to get into a little bit the process of creating a website in that time period, like the late 1990s, because it was it was really different than just the the relative ease of making it today. Yeah, yeah, you had to basically type out like all the internal coding of the page, and then you would upload it, and then they would add their own like headers and footers to the page with their own advertising. So you'd have to write it out like you'd write. I, what I would do is I would write all the text sort of as like paragraph by paragraph in a in a text editor, and then I'd have to add the HTML to it. And so you'd have to add stuff to code the the paragraph breaks. If you want a different fonts, you'd have to encode that into the web page. If you wanted to have like text in italics, you'd have to do that. When I had different people commenting on it, I sort of came up like this was before you would have like web pages where the public could edit them like a message board. So I had to manually encode everyone's different comments in it. And so I used different colors for all the different people. Like one person would have orange text, one person would have green text. Right, yeah. So I had to keep track of all that coding and did do it manually. And then I would uh, preview it in Internet Explorer or Netscape. And if I liked how it looked, then I would upload it to the website and wait to have it uh, go online. And then I'd check it and then edit the pages and I, I would keep track of uh, the edits I made with uh, what data was last updated and uh, yeah it was sort of a bit of a tedious process and maybe not for everyone compared to the editors they have now that make everything so simple and just uh, couldn't paste like a, a word document but uh, that was just the way web pages were done then and it was fun to put something online and see it, the words and the text on there and even some like uh, little audio audio clips from the episodes I'd have to record onto a, uh, I think I actually recorded them with a, with a microphone in front of the television onto <laughs> my uh, laptop computer or just onto the desktop computer in the basement. So it was very, very rudimentary compared to what we'd probably do now, but uh, it was just, uh, that was the way the times were back in around 2000. It's it's so funny to compare to compare the past and the present in that way. So, um, for, uh, Dave, I meant to ask, um, what was what was the time frame of that website like? From when to when? I kind of I, I I was trying to figure that out uh, because the computer I, I did most of my coding on got stolen at one point, and so I had to uh, I, I lost the original computer. But I guess it was around 1999 was when I would have started. So while I was in university, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Sort of the the thing petered out around 2005. Like the web pages pages were still up there. I just wasn't actively updating it. Like the the most active time was around 2000 2001. That sort of time period. Okay. Um, were there any particularly memorable moments of running the website that that you can that stick out in your memory? 
well, there was, I guess, one thing that really did stick out was the time that Joe Fallon, who was an early author, he worked on Arthur yeah. on the cartoon. He reached out and said, cool website. And it wasn't a very big, like long extended pen pal kind of a conversation, but it was, it was neat that he reached out and, uh, I knew that some people from the author company were like reading my little website. So that was pretty cool back in those days. The other thing I, w- I should mention is, is as well as my author website, the ECDC, I was also on the Yahoo groups with an author w- uh, group as well. And there was a lot of uh, like some, some of more heated discussion on the author group than there was on the ECDC website. So it was fun having the sort of the same sort of small, uh, community of Arthur fans were on both like reading reviews on the ECDC and commenting on things about uh, Arthur merchandise and, and things they'd read about the animation company that made Arthur. It was uh, back then it was, it was hard to sort of combine a website to have like a, uh, a message board function on it. So right. it was good to have the two, the two separate places to talk about Arthur. What were that's that's so funny to hear about the, the Yahoo uh, the Yahoo groups. What were some of the like? Can you remember any of the the like hotly contested topics about Arthur at that time? Some of the things that I kind of remember was like people talking about the characters they liked and didn't like. Yeah. And uh, back at that, those days, that was before a lot of the characters that like when, when Arthur started, there weren't as many characters on it. Like uh, I know Bud and Bud's. Uh, but his sister, they went on it yet. There was it was a much smaller sort of uh, like a little population of Arthur characters. So right. when George started getting a lot of episodes, and there was like all these things about George, and, and some characters were shifting to the background, and there was there was less stories about people like Finn or Sue Ellen. Hmm. That was sort of I remember that being talked about a lot. And why is there so much George stuff on the on Arthur episode? <laughs> it's funny. It's it's like a it's like a portal into a new or in, into another reality because I think that the topics of Arthur have I mean have obviously changed as much as the show has changed in the last little while. So it's funny to see where it was when the show was relatively new. So um, we kind of talked about the time frame of the website. Um, why was it that you uh, stopped running the website eventually? What kind of led to you uh, wanting to do something else? Well, I have to admit that uh, I guess this is like any sort of show that goes a long time that uh, you start like uh, don't love it the same way you did originally. Right. I guess the episodes are starting to change. And just like with The Simpsons, where you've got people like they, they love sit in time periods of The Simpsons and then say, oh, well, since season X, it went all downhill and it jumped the shark and stuff like that. I think it, maybe it was maybe it was a little bit of that. Maybe it's a little bit of me just getting older. I had been working on it for five years, and just other other responsibilities. I wasn't in university anymore. I was uh, my job was getting more complicated. I just didn't have the same amount of time for it. It's not that I I, I suddenly disliked Arthur and didn't want to watch it anymore. Mm. It's just I just didn't uh, just sort of tape it off. I guess. Okay. And plus, the website was sort of getting a little bit outdated looking. I probably needed to do a refresh of it just to make it more sort of modern look, newer HTML, more complicated than it was just big long pages of text. 
and and I wanted to get into a little bit of what you've been up to since then. I know that covers a long time period since you would have stopped running the site, but yeah, what what's been kind of what's been kind of going on? Have have you uh, uh, been been part of any other sites or like what's been what's been kind of taking up your time? Not really with the websites. Like I guess I had my my time when I I wanted to do a lot of stuff online with HTML and, and making websites, but that sort of went by the wayside. Uh, since then, I've uh, moved twice. I, I moved to Calgary. I was in Calgary for about ten years. Now I'm in Manitoba. I got married around 2005, and uh, so that took up a that, that was a change of pace and a change of responsibilities for sure and uh i guess most more recently i started alpaca farming i got a acreage with alpacas that's why you're alpaca (laughs) dave on tumblr that's why i'm alpaca dave on tumblr i got the alpacas and uh, that's a a fun sort of uh, different type of hobby more physical Uh, but uh yeah so why I, I, do, I do miss Arthur. Like uh, every so often, I tune in, check out the episodes, and, and see what's going on with. Uh, like I, I have it set on my TV off when new episodes come on, so I try to tune in to, to watch them every so often. So I I, I want to go back to a second about alpaca farming. So what what led you, what led you to that? That's uh, I mean if if you don't mind me saying, it's a little bit of a, an unusual hobby. So my my wife and I were in Banff and we saw a store that had the alpaca stuff in it, like alpaca clothing and pickers of alpacas, and we said, well, we got to see what that's like. That's a a new kind of animal, and so we visited a lot of different uh, alpaca farms just to enjoy the seeing them. And they, we, we learned that it was very easy to look after them, like a, a dog or a cat, like same sort of uh, level of effort. And so once we moved to Manitoba, we could afford an acreage. And so we got a, we started off with three alpacas, and slowly we've grown it to uh, having uh, 14 of them right now. And so we uh, we take them for, for trips to, to uh, like daycares and uh, like uh, Seed festivals and things in, in town, and uh, yeah, people just love seeing them. They're very friendly and gentle animals, and uh, they're easy to look after. I really like it. Wow, that's it's kind of the last thing that I would have expected. I mean, granted, it was in your name this whole time, so I mean, but I just didn't, I didn't make that leap. Um, so, Dave, I wanted to kind of start to wrap up here a little bit, and you mentioned that you, you know, sometimes catch a little bit of Arthur here and there. Uh, if you could cast your mind back a little bit. Uh, I wanted to know if you would have a a memory of a favorite Arthur character, and if you do, a memory of a favorite Arthur episode that you really enjoyed. Hmm. Well, I gotta say, my probably my three favorite characters aren't even Arthur himself, but uh, I like D.W. I like Finn, and I like Sue Ellen. They're like sort of the, the characters I sort of go to or, or gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. And my, my favorite episode would have been the one where they, uh, I forget the title of it, you could probably look it up, but it's the one where, very early episode, where they have to make a cookie recipe between them all, and yes, and uh, they, they throw all the ingredients into it, and it's a fantastic recipe, and it's going to win the contest, and uh, Muffy takes credit for it. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like those episodes where you, you can sort of, it's sort of like, that's like a realistic kind of story where I think that that might have actually, that's the sort of thing that could happen. And that's why I really like authors, because it's the realisticness of the story. It's not just some crazy thing that happens that you can't really 
say, well, that would never happen in real life. But these things are, are realistic stories. How the cookie crumbles. That's the one. That's a good one. That's the one. That's the one. I yeah. Say I really like most of the episodes. There was hardly, like, in the, in the very early seasons, there was hardly an episode I didn't like. Mm. But, yeah, that one really stuck out to me. I, I also find myself in the position, or I kind of give myself a bit of a hard time sometimes because, you know, we've been doing the podcast uh, for about f- almost five years now, and we're getting into, of course, we're long past the period when I stopped watching uh, as a youngster. And I, I do find myself kind of, you know, looking back to season one, season two, those those early few seasons and being like, man, they don't make them like that anymore. And it's just like I, you know, it's it's that whole thing of like, I don't want to be the guy who's like, ah, it's just the old just watch the older stuff. Like there is still some really some really good episodes as we go along, but it is hard to kind of beat not just the quality, but also the nostalgic feeling of those older those older seasons. So I, I completely understand what you're talking about. Um, so I wanted to kind of end us off here and I mean, cause you reached out over Tumblr and you've got the, uh, the Tumblr where you're, uh, uploading some of the old fan art that was on the ECDC and, uh, I've been, it's been a blast for me. I've been, you know, there's been a couple of these that I would have seen. It feels like practically every day. Um, I've, and I've been sharing it with our, with our patrons in the discord, but I'd love for you to just kind of. Brief, briefly describe uh, the Tumblr uh, and what it's been like to uh, to dig up these uh, old pieces of fan art. Well, yeah, uh, I I did have a computer with the uh, like an old Windows ninety eight computer with uh, the website wow. yeah. sort of archived on it, and uh, there was a lot of fan art on there. And there was also, I found some old sketch. I went looking in my basement and found some of my sketchbooks where the art would have come from, where I had to sort of scan it up with a scanner and then color it in in Windows Paint and then upload it and make it into transparent GIFs and stuff like that. I uh, I thought people would be really interested in seeing the other fan art that wasn't my own. It seemed like when I uploaded that, uh, there was a lot of interest in, in those different artists. And I'm hoping that by putting the stuff back online that maybe some of those old author fans will reach out to me. Haven't heard from them yet, but uh, there's no telling what might happen with stuff on the internet. So it's, yeah, it's just really nostalgic and really neat. And uh, it, I, I like the, like seeing it up there and I like seeing what people have to say. And then a new generation of author fans who might not have, seen the ecdc can enjoy it too uh, well and shout out as well like some of the some of them like i remember the i'm looking at it right now so the the fan art by dw underscore diva star the 1920s arthur and dw like i'm not exaggerating like i would think about that probably like once a month like for a long period of time and be like like and, and then that would lead to me thinking about the ecdc website and i'm just like man what a time that was. So I'm super I'm super pleased that you reached out and you know I want to I want to take a second and say thank you for making this website and for everybody else who contributed to the ECDC. Um I kind of said it at the top there, but it's not untrue that this way of thinking about Arthur led me to kind of keeping Arthur in my mind and re- critically reevaluating reevaluating it as I got older. And then that's what this podcast is all about. It's about kind of critically reevaluating Arthur while also celebrating it for what it is, uh, the positive the positive force that it is. And you have a part in that. So I want to say thank you for the website. Well, thank you, too. And uh, that's very eloquent. I don't think there's many cartoons that would stand up to 
repeated viewing as uh, as youngsters and then as adults. It's one of the few cartoons where everyone can get something out of watching it. So it does stand up to the test of time, and uh, it's great that you're doing Thank you very much. So that's ecdc-revisited.tumblr.com. Dave, do you have anything else that you'd like to plug before we uh, before we say goodbye here? Well, I wanted to mention that I'm nearly done with uploading the fan art section of it, and what might happen, I have to still think about this a bit more, since it might be a, a big effort, is to get some of that old uh, text content up somewhere. Like, I don't know if it would be on Tumblr. It's not really designed for, for long text posts, but maybe there's some other way I could get some of that. Uh, those old reviews sort of dusted off and, and maybe uh, back online so they can live another day. So... That might be something I might work on in the future. I would love it. I like, per, like personally, yes, me. I like. I'm, I'm telling you, please. I would love it. I will follow it no matter where it is. Um, that's that would be huge. I would love to see those again. Um, so, Dave, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and uh, for telling us a little bit about your history with Arthur, which I think is is something to be is something to be talked about and something to be appreciated especially now that we're you know the most online that we've ever been kind of figuring out where the origins of where this kind of discussion about people's favorite TV shows and people's favorite characters uh started for some of us so again thank you very much for your time I'm glad that you're doing well and uh yeah we appreciate you being here on Elwood City Limits thank you very much thanks for having me